most trap producer on the planet. Shoki. Shoki. I am probably not the most trap producer, but one day I will be. We have a competition. We're gonna start it up. I'm gonna start hitting up every producer on the planet. Every listen, there's gotta be there's gotta be like a criteria though to to producer. Like if you you gotta have at least like I would say you gotta have at least like five million streams under your belt. There we go. Producers, five million streams and up. Enter the most strap producer competition. We're gonna give away an AR fifteen. A strap. We're giving <laughs> away a strap to the most strapped. We're giving away another strap to the most strapped. From the least strapped. But <laughs> from the least strap producer on the planet to the the most strapped soon. But shit, we're um close to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh with my man Shoki. Yeah, nice to be with you, man. Be quiet, please. Sorry, we got the dogs in the background and shit. But um We got hella dogs. Hella dogs, dogs galore. What kind of dogs how many dogs you got? We got four dogs and a cat. Oh where? We got a bully, my dog tank. We got a blue nosed pity named Tootsie. We got a horse named Loki, <laughs> and then we got a wolf upstairs named uh, Leo, and then we got a cat named Yami. Fire, fire! How long have you been living out here? You born and raised out here? Nah, I'm originally from uh, I'm from I'm originally from Decatur. Um, oh, word! Decatur, Alabama, not Decatur, Georgia. But um, I moved over here about three years ago mm-hmm. after I dropped out of school for like music and shit. So yeah, but I've been living over here for three years now, and I'm about to get a new house in like two weeks. So I'm probably gonna stay out here. I like it a lot. It's a yeah. nice little area. So you, you dropped out of school to pursue music, or were you in school for music? No, I was in school for. Uh, well, I'm back in school now because I'm doing like cl- extra classes. Yeah, yeah. me because I'm I'm like 75 percent done with my degree already. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go back and finish it." Because I mean, it's a waste of money if I don't. Yeah. You feel me? So, uh, I was originally in school for computer engineering, um, and then I realized that math is not my strong suit <laughs> at all. And uh, so I quickly switched from that, switched to a uh, cybersecurity major. And then okay. I realized that coding is also not something I wanted to. <laughs> Involves more numbers. Yeah. Um, it was just like, bro, like I, I passed uh, my first coding class fine. And then my second one, I don't know what it was. That shit just ate me alive. Like I just couldn't get it. I just, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. And that's kind of how like a lot of classes are to me. Like I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy in general. But, like, when it comes to, like, book smart, like, mm. I don't know. I just feel like I have trouble, like, focusing. It's always, that. like, it seems like the more creative people don't do as well in school. I might, maybe, yeah. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. There could be people who do oh, No, there's some smart-ass motherfuckers like, now. But, but I would say for the average person. Yeah, for the average school, person, majority of the time. If you can do both, you're a fucking soldier. Yeah, yeah, fucking you might as well shout-outs to you. <laughs> shout-outs to you. Oh, yeah, for real. Shout-out to producers that are in school like me because that shit ain't easy now. That yeah, no, nah, I respect it. I respect it. You finish up your degree. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it's always good to have a plan B, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't think you'll need it. I think you're pretty far deep in this. And, hey, you know? anything can happen though. Anything, anything can happen. I'm realistic with it. I mean, shit. I'm. I mean, shit. I'm. You know, I'm doing good for myself right now, but I've seen people rise to the top and mm-hmm. then fall straight back to the bottom. So I'm just gonna keep it level headed at all times. You feel me? Just keep it pushing. And one placement don't mean nothing. It's always on to the next one. Like even with the Polo G shit and the platinum, like that's just one step. You feel me? Yeah. Got to keep going. Like I gotta do it again now. Yeah. Now I gotta go platinum again because if. I feel like if I only do it once, then what does that prove? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I go, yeah, I went platinum, but like, I feel like I'm better than that. Like, I feel like I should be multi platinum already. You feel like you kind of keep pushing yourself, like you kind of just have this drive to outdo yourself every yeah, time. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. It's definitely. I don't have competition at all. Like I'm cool with everybody I work with and shit. Like it's like a family vibe. Like I treat yeah, my producer. The only competition you need is yourself. Exactly, and that's and you don't gotta 
hurt nobody or put nobody down to get ahead. Like, yeah. People don't understand. I don't that. think yeah, nobody understands that because a lot of the industry is all about you know clout, getting and who ahead, you fucking with, and get, getting ahead of that person, using people as more of a ladder than seeing LA them as a, a person. Cesspool. You know, you've heard it here first. LA is a cesspool. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I feel you. I'm not a fan of LA. I go out there often to do shit, but like, I'm like, man, why do you guys all live out here? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why do you guys all live out here? It doesn't feel like home. You feel it me? It doesn't. Like, I'm just like, bro. That's I why I like love here. living here, Atlanta. Yeah. Feels like home. Even if you're not from here, every time you come to Atlanta, you get that home feel. You get that home vibe. Like, you feel like you belong somewhere, even if you don't. Like, even if you've never even been there. That's what I'm saying. Like, when as soon as I, I was visiting, well, the reason why I moved down here is because my friend Scotty lived here originally, mm. and he's lived over here. He lived over here part of his life, and then he moved to Alabama and then came back okay. in high school. So that's when I started coming over here when I was like 16 and shit, driving over here and shit. And um, like, I don't know, every time I came, it just felt right. Like, it just felt, I, I didn't want to leave. Like, I, every time I was like, damn, like, I really wish I could stay, you know. And then my my buddy John moved over here with him while we were in college. And he lived over here for like a year. And like, I came and visited them and mm -hmm. shit. And I was like, damn, like, I really want to live here. Like, this shit feels right. And so, school got to the point where it was like way too overwhelming for me, like mentally and emotionally, bro. Like, that shit was going, oh, I feel go that. and I had a lot going on at home and stuff too with my mom and stuff. So, it was just a lot of shit to, you know, juggle all at once. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I felt like I needed a break from school. And I talked to my dad about it. I was like, I want to pursue music full time. Like, I, I think I can do it. And uh, Were you already doing music at this time in a conversation with your dad? I was doing music, but I wasn't like, it was just way before play, even like, I maybe had like two, three. I had like maybe the Comethazine placements at the okay. time. Like How long else. were you making beats at this time? Did, shit. Did, did they know at about it? At the time it? when we started talking about it? Yeah. Um, I was like two years in type shit. Okay. I didn't start sending beats into like two and a half years. Like when I was, that's when I really started sending out beats. Mm. Cause like I didn't send out beats at all. I started actually, I don't know. How long has it been? I started when I was in uh, junior year of high school. Oh shit. I've been making beats for a long time. <laughs> He's <laughs> just now sorry. Yeah, it's actually longer than I thought. I don't even my timeline might be messed up yeah. to be honest with you. But I was I wasn't in it that far. Like I didn't okay. have placements like that. But did they um, know about you making music at this point? Or yeah, they yeah. knew of his interests of yours? Yeah, so I started off like the when I started off making beats, I was like on that realm of I don't know if you remember like back in like 2016, 2017 when producers were just uploading beats to SoundCloud, yeah. like slight, you know, like people like that, slight yeah. beats, all those people like that. Shout out to them. Because they were like a big inspiration to me for real. Like, when I first started, like, I always tried to make beats just like, dude, <laughs> shit was so funny. It was so bad because, like, I just didn't know how to – I didn't know, like, rhythm properly and shit like that yeah. still. And, like, I didn't know how to mix for anything. So it was just funny. Like, but, like, listening to all those guys, like, definitely – like, it was weird. I used to just drive around and listen to beats. Like, I didn't even listen to, music, like, full songs, like, just beats. Just studying. Literally just, like, listening to it, like, understanding why they did what they did to do what they did. Like, it's weird. Like, when I think about music, like, it's not, like – I'm just listening to something now. Like I have to analyze it, and it sucks sometimes because like mm. I can't just enjoy music sometimes. You Bruh, I mean? No, I know because you listen to a song and it's like almost you see how it was made in your head, or you see like the the daw in your head almost. Yeah, sometimes. literally, like you can see the screen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like, but like it's weird because like a lot of the times when I listen to stuff, it's cool because like I understand like they did it their own way, but every time I hear it, I'm like, you know, I would have done something different right there. Like I probably yeah. wouldn't use that sound. I probably would use this sound. So it's kind of interesting. And it's like, I don't know. I like studying music. I don't have like any actual knowledge of music theory. Like I can't play the piano or anything like that. But 
I know how to create melodies by clicking in notes and shit, like just based off of hearing it. So mm-hmm. that's something that I, that was interesting to me, like when I first started, because I used to like I always used to like make my own melodies and shit. Yeah, but like, dude, I can make a pack of ten to fifteen beats with using loops in one sitting and have a pack sent out to an artist. Versus, it would take me like I maybe get like four to five beats out. Like if I did it in the same amount of time, mm-hmm. like all from scratch, you feel me? So you have more success, like, um, I don't want to get too off track because you talk about your dad too, but you, you oh, have, yeah, have yeah. Um, more success sending out loops than you do getting loops or? Nah, actually no. I feel like I, well, I started sending out loops like this last year kind of, and um, like I got a couple placements from it. Like I got the Glock 9 yeah. placement with loop. I got all those J-Dot Breezy songs. Mm-hmm. Most of those are just my loops except for the one that was recently dropped uh, with Lil Papa. That one I did the beat on. So you have more success from getting loops and then building up. Yeah, the idea. usually I'm I'm more of a drum guy mm-hmm. for sure. Like I like to focus on my drums a lot more. Gotcha. <laughs> so when you had this conversation with your dad on the phone about wanting to do music and pursue it, because you know you just dropped out of school mm-hmm. not too long ago, what was his reaction to that? Um, at first he was kind of like, he wasn't like mad at me, but he was like, I don't I don't really think it's like a good idea for you to just drop out of school. But he was like, he's still supportive of like my music thing because like he knows I get paid from it and stuff, and he mm. he like he knows like the kind of numbers I generate. And even then, I wasn't even. That's what I'm saying. Even then, I wasn't even where I'm at now. But I was like, he still believed in me. So like, my parents have always been supportive of me. But it's more of like they they support my decision. Like he might, you know, my dad doesn't like finance like everything I do and shit yeah. like that. But like he he helps me out where he can, you know. Like, he'll send me some mm-hmm. money because I'm in school because like, he knows, like, I can't make as much beats yeah. right now. So he, he'll send me some extra money throughout the month. Not even throughout the month, just, like, at the first of the month. He'll just be like, here, here's some money. So I'd be appreciative of that. So and then, uh, I'm pretty thankful to have my parents, like, support me. Like No, that's 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 great yeah, because like, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people do have that parent support, and yeah. they, like, shun it away kind of. You know what I mean? They shy away from it because they don't think it's cool, I guess. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I don't know. I I. I feel for my friends, like, that are producers, like, because they'd be like, my parents don't support what I do at all. And I'm like, damn, like, I feel so bad for you, bro. Because, like, that support, like, not even, like, not even a monetary, like, not even, I'm talking, not even talking about fuck all the money. Like, mm-hmm. that's just whatever. I'm talking about, like, the actual, like, I'm proud of you. Like, I like this song. Like, I listen, I love the beat. Like, shit like that. That's the type of shit you really need. Fuck yeah. the money. You just need, like, everybody needs, like, that backbone support. You feel me? Like, everybody... Like, everybody can act all independent. I'm an independent-ass person. Like, I don't ask people for shit, but, like, I still need that support. Like, I need that shit. Like, as a person, like, just knowing you got people that are rooting for you and shit, you feel me? Like, they got your back. Like, they're holding you up at all times. Like, that's the shit I feel like I need. And that's, like, why I'm thankful. Honestly, that's what everybody needs. Yeah, A lot of people feel like they don't. A lot of people, for some reason, feel like they don't need it or they do, and they just don't see that they need that. Yeah, it's and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm. It's I understand, like, being, uh, like... A very like um, what's the word like uh, self-made person I guess yeah but like dude everybody needs a team behind them you Absolutely. need a team behind you for everything that's why I be telling people like that's why the beats come out better when you have a team working together because you know, like now I have like a very like few set of producers like that I work with like on a regular regular basis like I'm talking about, like daily type shit we literally we'll send FOPs like five FOPs to each other and be like finish it. And literally, we get more beats done that way because we don't, like, you know, because sometimes you get, like, uh, I don't know what else I should do to this beat. And then you just, like, leave it alone or whatever. But, like, I hate doing that with my beats. I don't want to waste them. Like, every idea is a good idea, in my opinion. (laughs) Even if it's not what everybody might like, it's still your, you like it. Somebody's going to like it. Mm. Not everybody's going to like it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
even like responding to like hate and shit like that, like every for every one person that's gonna hate what you do or dislike what you do, there's thousands of other people that love it. So it's yeah, like, they're gonna fuck with it. Focus on so that. You just shit. can't let opinions matter. Exactly. And you sway your judgment. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have feedback for shit. Like, it's, it's I wouldn't say like obviously like disregard what everybody says, but like you know like the petty bullshit, like mm. people talk about what you should be doing or whatever. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. You disregard that shit, bro. Trust your gut. That's always how I've thought. Is just trust your gut, and everything's gonna work best. So after you talk to your dad, um, where do you go from there? Um, well, he was like. All right, you can do that, but he was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay for it. You like, you gotta do it. And I was like, all right. And I didn't have that much money saved up because I wasn't working in college, but I was like making side money from music and shit. And I had, I had moved. I bought a U-Haul, which was like a hundred bucks. I had when I had moved to Georgia. The day I moved to Georgia, I had like seven hundred dollars in my bank account. Damn. And I was sleeping on my friend's couch at their house, the Scotty, and then like when I, the, my friends that I came and visited, I was sleeping on a couch in the living room and like i did that for like literally the first month i moved here and then i realized like i do not want to live that type of lifestyle i was like i'm that's not me like i'm not this type of person to like sleep on a couch like, yeah. I, like I need like i'm not that type of person bro like i'm like need i know some people got yeah like i got, I got like i understand people gotta do what they gotta do sometimes but like i i work my ass off to enough to where i know i'm never gonna be in that situation again yeah. So that's just something. That gave me a lot of motivation. Like, being in that sp- position was like, damn, that actually was like a wake-up call. Like, I need to get my shit together and start making bread for real. Mm. Like, putting it back, saving it. Don't spend it on stupid shit, you know? And, like, literally since then, like, it's been... I've been doing nothing but making more money every year. It's a, bless- it's a blessing for real. Like, it is. So and- what's your... um? What was your first placement after you talked to your dad? Because mm. you said you might have had the Comethacine one before then. My first... Yeah, I maybe had, like... It might have been like the first two Comethazine songs I did, V12 and um, Gusher Guts. Yeah. Those were the first two songs I did with him. And then the only other song I had at that point was uh, the song with Ugly God, the Bitch Where My Hug At song. That was the only other song. <laughs> and that song, I also produced that in my dorm room. So I was still in college when I produced V12 and that song for Ugly God. So how did um, how do you get those placements? How did those first few placements come together? Uh, Well, Comethazine came about because... I, um, he posted, it was like a different time for sure for him. He wasn't even that big then. He had like maybe like a hundred K followers at the time. Yeah. And I remember he used to post this on his story. He would post like his email and shit and he would be like, send me beats. And I was like, shit, bet. And he posted his email on there and I sent him some beats and like never heard back from him or anything like that. Like he never like responded. And I remember one day I was just sitting in my dorm and I got a text message and it was a A&R from Alamo. And Alamo Records, and he was like, "Hey, you got a song on this uh, Zines project coming up?" And I was like, wanting to talk to you about terms and stuff." And I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "I'm about to get paid for a beat." <laughs> that was the first. Actually, that wasn't the first time. The Ugly God song was the first time I got paid for a beat. That was actually a surprise. Yeah. Because, like, that shit just dropped randomly, and like, then like a week later, his A and R from his label hit me up and was like, "Hey, we want to pay you for this beat." And I was like, "How much?" And they were like, five hundred dollars," and like. That's not even that much, but like at the time, that was a lot of money to yeah. me because I was like, I never even made a dollar from music, so I was like, shit, say less. I was like, send it over, let's get it going, and that was like the first time I got paid. And then the Comethazine song was funny. The V12 song was even less, so I definitely did not know how to negotiate terms yeah. at the time. Like I did not know how the music business worked at all. Definitely want to talk about that, um, you know, later on what producers can do for themselves. 
but um, your other placements, um, you know, your Polo G's, um, you know, relatively do, but you were working with City Morgue before. Yeah. Um, so would you say City Morgue was your first, like, kind of like, I don't know, breakout might be the right word? Mm. Or was that your first kind of, like, break into the producer scene where you're getting a lot of recognition and stuff like that? I definitely gained a little bigger following when I started working with them. Mm-hmm. I've always had, like, a pretty good following, I would say. Like, people have just listened to my beats yeah. over time. And then over time, I've gotten placements, and people have came and gone and all that, but whatever. But I've always had, like, a pretty decent following of people. Like, just they always supported my beats and shit. So it was cool, like, starting to get placements and shit and then getting more people to follow me and interact with me and shit and send me messages. Like, people send me messages saying, like, they love my music and shit, and it's just, like, a cool feeling, you feel me? Yeah. And, like, uh, I don't know. I would say my – I mean, the Comedazine songs definitely were, like, the first things that definitely generated any type of buzz for me. And then, like, City Morgue definitely helped uh, bring a lot more people. And then I worked with Scarlord, too. So yeah, I saw that. Same, pretty much same definitely. fan base, kind of. Like, they have the same. I had people follow me from Scarlord that fucked with my City Morgue shit. And then I had people follow me from the City Morgue shit that listened to my Scarlord shit, but they didn't know it was me. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's cool, like, seeing people, like, realize that they've heard my shit before. And, like, they'll they'll be like, oh, I heard you. I remember you heard this tag on a Comethazine song. I'm like, yeah, that was me. And, like, it's kind of cool. But, yeah, City Morgue definitely helped bring a lot of buzz to me. I would say they definitely helped generate, like, more fans and shit. Yeah. You seem, to have, um, you seem to have a great relationship with them right now. Yeah. How did that whole thing start? Um, so, it started... I didn't work with them before um, Volume 2, but um, we had worked... No, we only worked on Volume 2, yeah. And uh, I listened to them before Volume 1 came out, though. Like, I listened to them when they were dropping shit like Bum Bucket and shit yeah. on SoundCloud. And, like, those early days, like, that Kids Cuisine and all those shits. Like, all those old-ass songs. Like, I always was a fan of them. And then, like, I started sending Sos Beats with uh, my friend Ryder and Germ. Germ also, he's, like, he's like they're pretty much main producer as well. Um, we were sending them beats for, like, Volume 2, and we ended up getting the song with Sos Mula. He's on the Internet Money, I think. Yeah, he's on Internet Money now. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Uh, I used to work with him and Germ like a lot more. Now I don't work with them as much anymore because we kind of just be doing our own thing now. Yeah, but we're still homies and shit. It's still all love. So what? Um, how did the relationship with you and Sos Mula kind of get going? Because I know you guys got a collab tape um, coming up that we really wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, we got a tape coming out very soon called "Too High to Die." Um, it's gonna be like twenty three songs on it. I produced like twelve of them, so. We're pretty excited to drop that, and there's a there's a pretty cool feature on it, but I can't talk about it just yeah. yet. So, is this like your your executive producing the project pretty much? Uh, I mean, I de- we we did shit. We did from the time that we dropped uh, the previous tape, um, thirteen songs to die to. From that time, we did like over thirty five songs, like in yeah. the course of like those like between those those time of those tapes. So, like, we've done a lot of fucking work, like, recently. I definitely had a lot to do with the sound of the project, I feel like. Um, it was funny because, like, people know Sos for, like, doing, like, the more, like, trappy, like, horror, core, I guess you would say, yeah. type of style. And, um, like, we still do those songs and shit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they're fun. But, like, we kind of wanted to bring, like, a new like a new sound for him. He was getting tired of it, you feel me? Like, he wanted to do something new, and he, he didn't necessarily know exactly what he wanted to do. We... We had a couple ideas. We did fucking old school beats. Like, he gave me references from, like, 1970s, like, New York rap. 
like Damn. Bronx rap and shit like that. We did like some like Eminem references. Like we were doing some weird shit. And then uh, he kept posting like pictures of like Playboy Cardi songs on his story. And I was like, okay, so he's been listening to Cardi a lot. And so I texted him like a couple of like Playboy Cardi style beats, I guess you could say. And he was like, they're five, but like, I don't know. I really fuck with them. Like he didn't want to like really rap on them. And I was like, bro, I was like, do exactly what you do now, but do it on the Playboy Cardi style beat. And I was like, trust me, it's going to be fire. And then we made like two songs that night. And then literally he was like, yeah, that's that whole tape. He was like, the whole tape, we're doing it this vibe. And I was like, bet. So what, what details can you kind of give us on the tape right now? Uh, I don't know. Um, the tape's coming very soon, within the next three months. Mm-hmm. I can say that for sure. Can't give you the exact date, but it'll definitely be out within the next three months. Um, we got one feature on the song. We only have one feature on the tape. Uh, can't really say who yet still, but it's a cool little feature. I think the fans are going to fuck with it. Um, aside from that, we're going to be working on the, we're already about to start working on the next project as well. So we're just going to keep our foot on the gas, really. Like we're going to drop the project, you know, gas it up and stuff, but shit, we're just going to keep going. Is this kind of the next level for you as a producer, you know, really working one-on-one with artists and kind of developing sounds as opposed to just kind of, you know, making beats and sending them out. Cause like, yeah. so like you said, came to you wanting to change his sound and you kind of figured it out. Yeah. It was sense. cool. Like it was really cool helping him develop the new sound for real, because like, that's what I want to do. I've always wanted to do that with an artist, like lock in with one artist that I really fuck with, help develop their sound and make it what it is going to be like, turn it into something else and then help boost their career even further. Like that's just something I've always wanted to do. And so definitely gave me like, a lot of creative like freedom with this tape like i i sent him some shit i wouldn't really send him usually you feel me and i was like just sending it because like he was fucking with everything and i sent him a lot of stuff that like i wouldn't have really usually sent it, sent him but i was like just fuck it i'm just gonna send it. if he likes it he likes it. if he doesn't he doesn't we move on to the next one yeah and there was some beats on the tape that i didn't think were gonna be placed that got on the tape so that was pretty cool there's a couple of cool different styles on there so, Polo G, is that the biggest one so far? Yeah, in terms of, like, popularity of the artist, yeah, that's definitely the biggest artist I've worked with as, as of right now. Um, see, that was cool. I met uh, Polo back in 2020, like, at the end of 2020. Um, I was running a studio session with Cowboy, and we just did, like, a 10-hour session that night. So, we were there from, like, whatever, like, 5 to whatever it is. You feel me? So, it was late. I don't even remember what time it was when we got done because they left a little early. But we were packing up our room. It was me and my boy Jeff, Cartier Curry. Shout out to him. Um, we were just packing up our bags and stuff. We just got done with the session. And the engineer from the other room walked in. His name's Nove. He walked in and he was like, yo, y'all want to play beats for uh, Polo? And I was like, sure, why not? Like, it's not, you know, you don't get those type of opportunities handed to you every day as a producer. So I was like, fuck it. I was tired, but I was like, I'm just going to try and get this placement real yeah, quick. Yeah, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. Mm-hmm, for sure. I wasn't even ready. Like, I didn't even have beats ready. Like, I just started, like, I literally, like, put a pack of, like, 25 beats together, like, within, like, 10 minutes. Like, just dragging them to a different folder. Like, I was like, I don't even know if these are going to work, but fuck it. But um, we went into the room, and it was cool, but Polo was, like, sitting in the corner and shit, and he was, like, a little more reserved. And he was getting his hair cut by Vic Blends, so... We met him, too, and that was cool, I guess. And uh, then Polo was asking us, like, if any of us had been in a session with him before, and, like, none of us had. 
It was like me, him. It was me, Jeff, um, my old roommate, Jason. He's a videographer. And uh, John Lamb, he signed to OTF, like Dirk's label. And um, we were all like, nah. Dirk, I think uh, Lamb had met him like once at like Rolling Loud or something, but like not like that. Like, you know, like he knew him, like knew his face type shit. He didn't know him. So we were like, nah, we ain't never been in the session with you before. And he was like, all right, play some beats. And I was like, all right, I'll play some first. Fuck it. And then he goes, right before I play the beats, he goes, I don't want any piano or guitar beats, though. And I was like, well, fuck. That was like, <laughs> I was like, all the beats I have in this folder are literally piano and guitar beats. So then I started like scrambling through my beat folder. And I was like, I don't label the type of beats I make. So it's yeah. like, it's just names. So I was like, just trying to pick the like the most dark trap sounding names, I guess, that might have not been like piano or guitars, but like, Literally, the first two beats I played were, like, piano and guitar beats. I was like, damn, this is embarrassing as fuck. And, uh, like, he didn't, he didn't like, jump on, like, the first five, six beats I played. And that's, like, the first time that's ever happened with me, like, with a uh, artist. Like, I've never had a problem, like, getting them on the beat, like, immediately. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I guess he might just not, like, fuck with the beats, I guess. I don't know. Fuck it. And I was just playing my shit. And, like, he was, like, he was, like, he was, like, bumming like this. Like, he was, like, rocking with them, but, like, he didn't, like, hop on them to rap. And then I was like, fuck it. So I gave the ox to uh, John Lamb and let him play some shit. And then, like, at that point, it was, like, 3, 4 in the morning. And, like, I had to take my roommate back home because he was, like, tired. <coughs> and um, so I was, like, getting my shit packed up. And Polo was, like, writing some lyrics on his phone to, like, a beat or something. And I was, like, dapped everybody up because I was, like, about to head out and shit. And like I was just I was just about to leave because like I don't know I just didn't feel like it was my time yet still for that. Yeah. And uh, Polo like stopped me like before I walked out of the room and he was like, "Yo, he was like, I fucked with those beats you were playing by the way." He was like, "It's just not the vibe I was on tonight." And I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Appreciate it, bro." Like I wasn't like tripping about it or nothing. And he was like, "Let me." He was like, "Let me get your number, bro." And I was like, "Bet." So I got his number. I gave him my number, and then like literally we've never even had a conversation since then. Like he's never texted me or Facetime me or anything like that. Yeah. But like. I straight up texted him beats for a year straight. Like from that night we met, literally the next day, like mm-hmm. sending him beats almost, almost like every week, throughout the year, <laughs> and like never heard a single thing back to anything. Like never a text or a heart or anything like that. And like, um, I remember it was like two weeks before the tape came out, Hall of Fame 2.0. His uh, A and R had hit up one of my guys that works for me, and he was like, "Yo." Uh, we got another song we're putting on the deluxe and he was like he told him it was my beat so that shit was crazy because he called me at like three in the morning he was like like, you know about the polo shit and i was like what the fuck are you talking about because like i was like i was like i was like brother he die or something like asleep or some shit yeah like i had woken up i was like like, did he die or something like what happened because he was like it was like freaking out and he was like you got a song on the deluxe and i was like what and he was like he was like you got a song on the deluxe on polo's deluxe and i was like what the fuck and I was like, bro, I was like, this can't even be real right now. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then, like, literally, like, I got another call from, like, one of the co-producers on it. He was like, bro, we made the tape. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I know. And, like, I was, like, freaking out. That shit was fire. Like, I started texting my group chat with, like, all my roommates and shit. And I was like, bro, I made it on Polo's Deluxe. And, like, nobody was awake. So nobody texted me back. So Damn. it was like, I was, like, freaking out at, like, 3 in the morning and nobody was awake. Probably having a hard time getting back to sleep now. I didn't even sleep, bro. I went back <laughs> to sleep at, like, 7 a.m., bro. Like, it was fucked. Like, I literally, I just laid in bed and, like, just couldn't go to sleep because I was like, yeah. Damn, like, this is, like, I've been working hard for this shit. You feel me? Because I yeah. literally said, like, from my, when I met Polo to my friend Jeff, I was like, bro, I'm going to get a song with Polo. Like, I promise. Like, I'm going to work my ass off Crazy. for it. 
speak it into existence, huh? Really did. And it was last second, too. It was funny because yeah. that beat, the beat that got placed, I don't know if we had, like, I'm sure he's probably, like, used some of my other beats before. Like, he probably didn't, obviously, he didn't make it to the tape or whatever. But it was, like, the beat that I sent him, literally, I sent it to him on, on October 10th. And that's when I made it. And then I found out I was on the tape, like, October 27th. Literally, it was, like, one of the last ones I sent him. Damn. Made the tape last second. And then we didn't even know that Lil TJ was on it either. Mm. Like, I didn't know Lil TJ was on that song literally until the fucking song leaked. Because nobody knew this for real, like, except, like, a very few select people. The tape, the whole tape got accidentally leaked on Apple Music, like, a whole month before it was supposed to come out. Oh, damn. And so, like, I was like, bruh. Why? And then I was like, well, fuck it. I guess if it's already leaked, I might as well listen to my song. Yeah. I didn't hear anything. Like, I, I had the beat, but I didn't, like, I never heard, like, the lyrics on it. And I was listening to it. I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, I was listening to Polo's. All of a sudden, I heard little TJ coming. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's little TJ. I was like, that ain't Polo. And I was like, damn, we got the little TJ feature, too. And then I called my co-producer, Reapy and Hayes. And I was like, bro, we got the little TJ feature. And they was like, what? Because I remember, like, all these pages were posting about, like, Lil TJ and Polo were in the studio for the tape. And, like, it was my song, and I didn't even know it. That's crazy. Like, all these pages were posting about it. I didn't even post anything about it. Because, like, I never... I didn't think it was oh. Someone come to the door. Somebody come to the door? Maybe. I don't know. Hey. Stop. Play more minutes. Word. Boom. No. Stop. Alright, we should be good. But um Yeah, so uh the industry can be a bitch. You got any um advice for producers to not get fucked over and there was was there ever a time where you ended up getting fucked over? Um, yeah, like I would definitely say every producer should get a lawyer, like offer it, find a lawyer that you like there's not obviously like there's tons of different lawyers and stuff, like you can't really like uh put a like there's no like necessarily like good lawyer for everybody, but like I think it's like you need to like work with somebody that you trust, like through a friend that might have worked with somebody before. Yeah. And be like, Yeah, like I like this guy, like he did this and this for me and like just figure out who works best for you. And then like if you continue like if you like how they treated you the first time around, like when you work with them, continue working with them and like just trust them with your shit. Like as long as as long as they work good by you, I mean that's all you need. You need somebody you can trust at the end of the day. Like that's a big thing with like me with the, with me and the lawyers is like communication. Like I need clear cut communication between me and my lawyer at all times. Like if I text him, I need a response. Like I'm talking about like within the next like hour. Like yeah. I need that type of communication with my lawyer because like I'm always on my phone, so I'm like I'm always able to respond. But like I need that type of communication because like I have a lot of anxiety too, like about my deal and shit. Because I've been mm-hmm. stuck in this fucking pub I've been deal for like three and a half, four years now, bro. And like it's crazy. I was supposed to sign to Internet Money, like back in last year. Like I was supposed to sign yeah. to them, and I couldn't sign because I was in this pub admin deal. So that like, it like it's blocked a lot of like blessings. I would say that I probably could have received, but I mean at the end of the day, I believe in myself. Even if I have a team behind me or not, like solo or whatever, like I know I can make it where I want to be. So I just mm-hmm. kept pushing. Like it sucked or whatever, but you know. I ain't dwell on it for too long because I, I understood like the situation and I, it's on me because I fucked up and I signed the I signed the dotted line at the end of the day, and mm. that's why I'm saying like need a lawyer to look over that shit because if I had a lawyer look over that shit I would yeah. not have signed that shit. Can they? Can you say at all what they got they got off you or what you know? Uh, what was I mean, not good about the deal. 
I mean, they don't like make like a huge percentage. They make like a standard percentage. It's not like anything crazy. Like, yeah, I take like 80, 85, 90 percent most, most percentages. Mm-hmm. Some are somewhere in 95, 5 percent. Like, I have a good cut, but the problem is they didn't manage my account for the first year and a half I was with them. So, none of my songs publishing was registered for the first year and a half of my Damn. career. So, I never like that money came in so late. Like, cause first of all, it takes from like six months, it takes like six months for you to actually start making money mm-hmm. off royalties and publishing and shit off of a song. So year and a half later after these songs have already been out and then I had to wait another half of a year to start making money. So it was really two years. Like I didn't make no publishing or royalty. Yeah. And like, they never gave me an answer as to why that happened. All they said was the guy who was managing my account money laundered from the company and wasn't managing my account. Damn. And that was the best they could do. Yeah. Like, no apologies. They were like, we'll let you out of the deal early. Like, none of that. And then on top of that, when I I was supposed to be out of the deal this last April, and they said I couldn't get out of the deal because I didn't mail them a physical letter of me saying I'm re- I'm leaving when my lawyer sent them an email written out saying I'm leaving. Yeah. So they're just like little bullshit loopholes. Like, they're just like dirty people. You feel me? Yeah. Um, I think... A lot of the industry tries to get over on people who don't or aren't as knowledge. You know they, oh yeah, I mean? for sure. Not nah, they'll take it. They'll try to take advantage of you at every point, every angle, every single thing. That's why you got to be lawyered up. It's a dirty game. No, absolutely. There's a lot of love in this game, in the industry. There's also a lot of fucking dirty people that will fuck you over. Yeah. And they don't care if they fuck you over as long as they get ahead. They don't care. And it's sad. That's just that's just the life. That's just life. Yeah. Not just that's not even just. This. There's people in your everyday life that'll do that shit to you. It's not just the music industry. The music industry is a lot easier at exposing people like that, though, mm-hmm. for sure. How um how important is publishing for producers? Cause I, I feel Very like a lot important. of producers don't understand royalties or mechanical royalties versus publishing. Yeah, they don't. Hell, even I. I didn't even necessarily know exactly what it was until like recently. Yeah. Like it's, they're so vague when they explain these terms to you. And like, that's why I got my lawyer and I got him to sit down and explain to me what this shit means. Cause like, I didn't know the difference between a mechanical royalty and then a fucking publishing royalty. I didn't know the difference. And I, I still, I got do now, but it's still, the like, difference it's still is kind of fucking stupid. It's, it's honestly, still, <laughs> it's still hard to explain. It's hard to explain. Yeah, to it is. You feel me? Like, I hate when people ask me that. Cause I'm still like, Bro, I don't know. I just get paid. Just for context. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. For context, people watching, we'll pop it up, the definition of each on the screen so yeah, they can um, see. Um, so we don't have to go into explaining it. But honestly, it's kind of fucking stupid, bro. It's just all royalties at the end of the day, but they kind of make you do it differently. They make I feel it they do difficult. it to fuck you up. They make they, it more they, difficult. Well, first of all, there's royalties that you literally can't collect unless you have a publisher. Yeah. Like, you literally can't get your royalties unless you have a publisher, and you have to sign a dotted line to get a collection. Like, there's no... Nobody is collecting publishing for out like without a contract. Yeah, that's just that's just the game at the end of the day. So that's like people don't understand like there's differences when you get signed to you sign a you could sign a record distribution deal and then you can sign a publishing deal. They're two completely different things, and people don't understand that and they just go you know they'll just they see money thrown at them mm-hmm. and they see they're young you know they never had money like that before. They see it and they're like, okay, this is a good idea. It's on the line. Then they don't realize they fucked themselves for the next five years. And they'll be broke for the next five yeah. years. Because, like, once the label don't give you don't give you money and don't care, it's over with. So, I mean, that's just the sad reality. You know, the, the first Comethazine placement you got when they offered you 500 is was that all you got for the beat? Did they offer royalties up front? Did you know to negotiate? Hell, first that? of all, that wasn't even the 500. I got paid 350 for V12. And that song has 15 million streams now. 
Damn. But they did give me my publishing and royalties correctly, but I did take a... I mean, it doesn't really matter because I still got the money, you feel me, pretty yeah. much. But, like, it would have been nice to have that shit in college because, like, I didn't have shit. Favorite VSTs and plugins? kind of want to know. What are you using right now? What DAW do you use? First off, uh, FL20, like the newest one. Okay. I used to use FL12 all the time, but then I, like, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to switch. And, like, I tried FL11, and I didn't like the way it looked because it's, like, old as fuck. So I was like, nah. And then FL20 was, like, the perfect, like, balance, I would say, between mm -hmm. 12 and 11. Because I like both, but it was like, I don't, like, fuck with 11 like that. Yeah. But um, favorite VST? I don't really have a favorite VST, to be honest, because, like... A lot of my shit, like, I use, like, contact banks. Mm -hmm. And, like, contact's probably my favorite VST, like, if we're going to talk about VSTs. Just because you can get so many different banks for it. Yeah. Like, they're fucking huge, though. It <laughs> seems to be, like, a lot of the best beats I see, and even watching tutorial videos on YouTube and stuff like that, like, a lot of the best ones I see come from contact banks. Yeah, they, a lot of that shit does. Like, most of the industry melodies you hear are definitely from contact. Like yeah. a lot of it is like arcade is another nice VST as well for people like that aren't as like technically skilled, I would say. Mm -hmm. Cause like they give you like the, you literally get a melody off one note. You feel me? I just hate the monthly subscription. Model I know. Bro, like, I hate why? it so much. Like, let me just, just get buy the, it. let me just get the fucking thing out. Right, bro. That's what I'm saying like, like why buy an I, instrument. Why am I paying $10 a month for this one? I would, I'd rather pay $150 and have it for my life. Yeah. Like, literally. Like I don't give a fuck about that. Like I really fucking hate this. I hope the industry does not go towards they that. Need to stop doing that. Subscription it, based VSCs. Fuck off. Yeah, for real. That's the main message. For fuck real. Off. That is literally the main message of the day. Fuck VSTs. That's the message. Um, <laughs> loops. loops are better. Loops, because I know you said like you're more of a drum guy, so obviously you champion loops. How do you, I love how do you feel? Loops. What do you feel about producers who are like, no, nah, that's not how you do I it. Think da, da, fucking, da, da. I think they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, why would you get mad about making the process easier for yourself? That is yeah. why people are rich. Like That's why the rich get richer, because they get rich by not doing shit. They know how yeah. to make money while not doing shit. It's the same difference. And like... That, like, what I was talking about earlier, remember where I was like, I can get, like, 15 beats out in the same amount of time it would take me to make, like, four or five and yeah, scratch? Yeah. Bro, I'm in the business. This is a big competition. Like, it's not like a competition. It's not personal, but it's like yeah. I'm competing with other producers and getting placements. Yeah. Like, I'm not the only producer sending Polo G beats. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Like, maybe hundreds, arguably thousands. Like, yeah, or, or hopefully not try. thousands. Cause I'm thousands, I, let's, <laughs> let, me, let me tone it back a little bit. Thousands trying to figure yeah. out how to get Yeah, there's beats. definitely thousands. Or thousands. in attempts. They'll do anything so, to get into contact with people like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, like that's something you gotta realize in this shit. Like it's like it's every man for himself. Like it's not personal. Like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna fuck nobody over to get a placement. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but like I'm gonna send more beasts than you, and mm -hmm. my beasts are better. Sorry. <laughs> hey, you gotta have that confidence. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I I like listening. I think a lot of producers are actually better than me, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I think like a lot that's of producers how, that's feel how, that way. I feel like that's how everybody feels. Like because yeah. you like listening to other people's shit. You feel me? Because it gives you motivation. Mm -hmm. So like I always like learning from other people though. Like I'm I I never feel like I'm too smart to learn anything. There's a lot of things I wish I still learned better, like musical theory. Like I'd love to learn how to play yeah. piano. I just don't put the fucking effort. Do you feel like it. music theory is even fucking important when it comes to making music no, or beats? Not anymore. Maybe back in the day, I would say definitely like back in the day. Was, you can even do it by ear. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying. I mean? Like I know how to, I can play. Like I can't play a piano. Like I can't read the notes in front of me, but I can play a melody. Like I know how to. Like I can play a chord. Yeah. Like and even though I don't know like what I'm doing, like I don't even know what necessarily might the chord might be, but I know it's in key. Mm. That's all I know. And that's that's something I've, I've learned from music is like hearing pitch. Uh, what's the? Uh, there's a certain term for it. It's like 
uh, pitch accuracy hearing or something like that, you can tell what key something's in. Yeah, I'm not exactly. I'm yeah. so sure. Like, I can't do that because, like, I don't know musical theory, yeah. but, like, I can tell, like, if something's in D-sharp minor just because of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell. I'll be like, oh, that's D-sharp minor. Like, or, like, B major or whatever. Like, yeah. literally just from the tone of shit. I know how to tell shit by tones now. So I guess it's kind of like being not, like, deaf in a way, but it's like mm. you can, like, it's like tone deaf, I guess. I don't fucking know how to explain it, to be honest. It's weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I, that's why I, I never tell people about it, because, like, I don't know how to explain it. So, like, I just do it. It's like making beats is, like, second nature to me now. Like, it's, like, the same thing as walking. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't think about it. I just yeah, do it. You just like, do. I hear, like, I'll go through loops. Like, I'll listen to my friend's loops and shit, and then I'll be like, I like this one, this one, this one. And I'll keep them there, and then I'll start, like, I'll just drag one in and then, like, just do it. Like I just I feel the vibe of the melody. Like I can yeah. feel the I can hear the beat without the beat, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I already know what I'm it's gonna sound like before I even put anything on there. Mm-hmm. Like I'll hear a melody, I'll be like, spins eight oh eight, Zay eight oh eight, Lex Luger eight oh eight, like shit like that. Like I already know what type of eight oh eight I'm gonna use on it. Like even with like the melodies for like City Morgan shit, like if I hear a guitar, I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna use a short distorted spins eight oh eight on this one. Like it's just weird. Like, it's like a second nature now. Yeah. It's like Spidey senses almost. Let's see if we got time for, like, two more. Um, all right. Yeah. So how important do you feel like relationships are to excelling as a producer? Most important. You're, people don't understand, like, you, you have to have a team. Like, I'm going back on that statement. You have to have a team. That doesn't mean, like, managers and shit like that. I'm talking about like, friends that do the same thing as you, and then you're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. Like, because, like, I know if I have 10 producers in my corner that have the same work ethic as me and we're fighting for the same thing, we're going to succeed. It doesn't matter. Like, we're going to get what we want to go. We're going to get what we want. Like, every, I feel like every placement I've literally talked about that I've wanted in the past year, I've gotten it. Like, I spoke the polo shit and exists. I was like, I'm getting this song with polo. Boom. On the, on the deluxe and has the little TJ feature and... It's like the third most streamed song on the tape, and it doesn't even have a fucking video or any type of playlisting at yeah. all compared to the other songs. Like, the only other songs that are out streaming the song are the ones that have videos and playlisting. Like, damn. We didn't even hard. get that, and we pulled more streams than most of the songs. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm hard. saying. Like, I'm proud of that shit, bro. Like, that shit was like, I love being able to see that I can do numbers without all that promo and shit. Cause, mm-hmm. like, I just believe in organic, like, viewers, like, organic viewership organic love for the song you know yeah that's hard that's hard and last question before we wrap up get out of here um your brand that you wanted to talk about ah uh, yeah you want to go into that a little bit um well i'm pretty much just starting like a little clothing brand called disco crazy like because my tags like ayo shogi disco crazy yeah. and like it's cool we got like hats we're about to drop very soon probably they're supposed to be here they're actually already in development they should be here at the end of the month and we have a page on instagram it's at this go crazy with a k instead of a c so uh, be sure to follow that and pay attention for the drops. Um, we definitely want to keep doing shit. Like I think our next drop, we're going to do t-shirts and hoodies, I think. And then we're going to do like a ski mask drop. Like we're just going to do cool little okay, random shit. Idea. But we have like cool ideas to go with it. Cause we want to make our brand like more like we want to give people a reason to buy it. So like, I'm probably thinking about doing like drum kits with the clothes and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. so I give the incentive to producers that's to pay cool. for it. Yeah, that's like something different. Free drum kit with it. Like, even if they don't that's even make beats, different. it's like whatever. Like, they don't give a fuck about it. Because you got to make yourself stand out now. Because the clothing game is coming so saturated. It so is. Everybody does the way. same shit. Like, yeah. Even I would like I like our designs, but like I'm not gonna say like they're the most creative shit in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. But like I like them. Like it's wearable clothes. But like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of competition out there. I'm more doing it for fun more than anything. I'm not really trying to make it like a life thing. Yeah. 
No, I respect that. I just want to do like some cool shit like that. Yeah. Have some like, cause I wear hats and shit all the time. Like, you might as well wanna, design your own shit. Yeah, I just you know want to have like, my name on a hat. That'd be yeah, cool. Fuck it. You feel me? Like it's just like shit like that. But yeah, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're doing. We're gonna have our. We should have our first hat drop in like January, March this next month. So word. That should be coming soon. We're just Word. waiting on the production because we had to get everything from fucking China and shit. Supposed yeah. To be, like Chinese New Year, all that shit. And all the fucking shipping delays right now. Yeah, the COVID shipping delays even worse. Yeah. Like, we're trying to find a local supplier for that shit next time. We're probably going to do that for the shirts and shit so we can Word. get it out faster and all that. But Word. we're also doing a manga as well. As with really? We're doing, yeah, we're doing a, literally our own manga with every purchase of the, of the thing because it doesn't cost shit to make that stuff. Yeah. And we have a really good designer. His name's C-Max. He's our uh, creative designer of the company. Most fly artist I know. He did all the artwork in my room. I'll show it to you after we get done with the interview and shit. Yeah. And, like, he's really creative. Like, he's a fly-ass artist, and I fuck with his shit heavy, and I believe in him. So I wouldn't trust it. He's done all the designs for our company. But, uh, yeah, be sure to check that shit out. Uh, follow me on Instagram if you don't already at Prod Shoki. I post like funny pictures and shit too with like selfies and shit along with my work. So, and I stream on Twitch. Word. Well, shit. Go follow the man. You know, go follow us, KOT Classic Official. If you don't already, um, this has been interview number 57. 57 yes, now. Damn. Thank you guys for sticking with us. 57 interviews. Um, it's been a good trip to Atlanta. We'll be back. Get Shoki back on again. Yeah, for Hopefully sure. Hopefully we'll shoot more content. I don't even know what camera I'm looking at right now. I think I'm looking at this one. I'm looking at that one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get more content with Shoki coming up. Um, if that's something you guys want to see, you know, hit the comments. Let us know. Yeah, y'all better show love in the comments. Appreciate you but, guys. Uh, thank you guys. Peace. Peace.